guys, and welcome to another episode of Tea Talks with Kudu, where you get to listen to some pretty good book reviews while learning about one of the most famous beverages in the world, tea. I'm your host, X Kudu, and joining me today is a dear friend of mine who is also a lover of some really good books, Celine. Celine, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone? Oh, hi guys. My name is Celine, and I am my year two law student who loves books and as you may think like okay law is a lot to read in like why are you still reading more books that aren't law related but I must say books are a really good way to escape reality they're a way to just get your mind um away from everything life has to offer and just you know get a new perspective on things so that's why I'm here today you know to share my perspective on some really good books that you all should be reading Oh yeah, definitely agree with the escapism part, definitely. So today's tea also comes from Celine and it's chamomile, lemon and honey seed. A bit of a mouthful, but it actually has a plethora of health benefits. It um, actually is an Ayurvedic medicine and it has a scrumptious floral aroma that's warm, light and airy. This combination of honey, lemon and chamomile is actually an early spring tonic and it helps to warm up your metabolism. It also helps relieve muscle stiffness as chamomile and lemon liquefy stagnant lymph and reduce the swelling in the lymph nodes, as well as it helps flush out the heaviness and stiffness of your muscles. So your circulatory system is going to definitely thank you if you drink this. Um, I have I don't know if Celine got a chance to taste a fancy tea as yet or it's a top tier tea. That's all I have to say. It's <laughs> a top tier tea. Lovely, lovely. So Tea facts also to be an introduction. We're actually going to be reviewing the first three books of A Touch of Darkness series by Scarlett Sinclair. So I don't know how many of you have heard of these books, but just a brief synopsis of it. It is um, a Greek retelling for Hades and Persephone, and it's it's amazing. It, 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 it honestly is amazing. So the first book is A Touch of Darkness. And again, Hades and Persephone, so God of Death, Goddess of Spring. Um, and Persephone is a journalist at New Athens News. And big surprise, she is the Goddess of Spring, but the other gods don't know about her. Her mother kept mm-hmm. her a secret for however many years. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the, it was really ironic when they introduced that she couldn't grow anything for me. Like, I thought it was a really, from this, get go I thought that was a really good way to like hook people's attention I don't know if it was I think it was because in the original story she is able to grow things she is known as the goddess of spring so I think that correlates with the ending of the book wait are we allowed to give spoilers yeah it's a book review and okay okay I'm just making sure I'm just making sure so in the end we see that um her ability her gift to give light was first seen in the underworld so I think that ties in really well with her ability to not grow anything in the beginning of the book. Definitely. And um, so just a bit of background for the world in this book. So the gods are real, for lack of better words. Um, They have this period called the Great Descent where all the gods came to Earth. And now instead of like having all these uh, mythological conceptions about them being all great and stuff, they actually are like just really scary businessman basically at this point mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Hades, they're like the one percent so to speak 
Yeah. If you think about it, like that elite one percent, those are the gods right now. And Hades, god of that, owns this club, Nevernight. It's just a, it's just a playground for vice. It's just a playground for vice. Let's leave mm-hmm. it at that. And obviously, Hades. Um, hear me, Hades. Persephone's mother, Demeter, has absolutely, absolutely forbidden her to even step foot in Nevernight. So. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she doesn't listen, and she has uh, one of her friends, Lexi. Is, she's really into all these witchy stuff. Uh, very much a fan of um Hecate. So she Hecate, yeah. So she encourages um Persephone to go to the club, and it is there that she catches the attention of a lot of that Hades. Mm-hmm. So, Something I have to say though is that. Something I didn't like is the um is the way the books were released, the order of the books, because um the author does have books that are from Hades' perspective, and you're technically supposed to read um Hades' perspective after each of the different books from Persephone's perspective, and I think if you read the order like that, you get a really clearer idea of um what's going through his mind when he plays sees in the club and it really it, re- it really is a good way to you know to read the series but um something i don't like is that she hasn't released all of the books from Hades perspective so that kind of it brings up a bit of issues when you're actually reading all of the books from Persephone's perspective and you don't like, you don't really know what's going through his mind. You don't know like the other half of the story per se. I can understand. So, I, can, I, don't, yeah. I, I don't think I um, read any of the books from his perspective as yet. I was just reading from um, Persephone's perspective all along, but I definitely see how that could like pose issues to people who jump in from perspective. As you bring up that point about when they play see each other in the club and stuff, the Hades perspective books on that. Um, the first thing he notices when he sees her is that he feels this really intense connection to her. He sees a golden thread that's directly attached to her and then he goes directly to the fates after and he wants to know who she is, like like who is this person, you know, what is going on and that is when he first realizes that she is the goddess of spring, she is Demeter's daughter and she's probably meant to be with him. So I would definitely read the books like that, but because she hasn't released all the Hades perspective books, um, a reread is definitely due. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think if I'm wrong, but Demeter um basically hid Persephone away away because the fates had already decreed before they I think before they came to Earth that her daughter and Hades would um be married. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, and she was trying to avoid all of that. I think um, I don't know if I'm wrong, but I think so many books it's about like Demeter didn't want her like having more power than her or being more powerful or something along those lines. I'm not sure, but yeah, it is, it is because um I so when Persephone goes to Nevernight, which is Hades Club, and she ends up catching the attention of the Lord of the Dead. 
she also uh, Stephanie works um, to, as in her cover as a human. She works in New Athens News, so she's a journalist. And oh, yes, these, yes. So all these um, rumors surrounding Hades, mm -hmm. uh, he deals in. He doesn't deal in drugs. He deals in deals, for lack of better words. Mm -hmm. So he makes deals with people to make their wishes come true and. In return, they I think they enter servitude to him or something. So, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. she and Hades make a deal. I believe that um she gets to lose, she gets a story from him, a story to like make it big as a journalist in New Athens News, and in return she has to um bring yeah. it to the world. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was that point on. I was just like yes, yes, yes. I think the development of their relationship was really good in the first book, like, definitely, yes, like, yes. and the smart excuse, yes, we, we're here for the smart, <laughs> the smart was top tier, and I think um, as she involved, like, Hermes and stuff, Hermes is, like, the funny, like, side character who just mm -hmm. makes Come everything better, yeah, so I think that was um, a really good thing as well. Definitely. I like, I think a common thread in some of the books I've read that retell um, mythology is that Hermes always ends up being comedic relief to some extent. He should be. He should be. <laughs> He's an amazing character. So um, I believe this deal is sealed with a golden cuff around uh, Persephone's wrist. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, Persephone. And she so she has to deal with brain life to the underworld, has to deal with her attraction to Hades, and has to deal with trying to find what the truth behind his deals. And obviously, she finds out that she was totally wrong about him. Mm -hmm. I believe she ended up spying. She ended up spying on him having a deal with this woman um, whose child was sick, and the woman mm -hmm. was trying to get a cure for the child. Mm -hmm. And I don't, Hades couldn't help her. And then Persephone also um, automatically thinks that he's being cruel, he doesn't want to help her. And then later on, she realizes that he paid off for um, the child's medical expenses mm -hmm. to help the mother get a better life. Because And the child ends up going straight into um, asylum or... Uh, Asphodel. 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 Yeah. yeah. I think when she goes to the underworld and she actually sees that, okay, it's not like this big bad place it's not like what you expect hell to be like you know the people who are here actually enjoy being here they love Hades he's a great ruler like they're living their best lives it's ultimately their vision of paradise basically so, yeah I think that also kind of helps change her perspective of him a bit definitely definitely and then I don't agree with how Hades went about pushing um Persephone into her like to push to push her out of her shell and out of her mother's shadow I don't agree with how he went about it maybe he could have been a such nicer but I mean it's Hades I mean she was also very like stubborn and strong-willed as well very so I think yes that was it it wasn't the right way but effective way yes <laughs> results matter everything else is just details Exactly. <laughs> so let's see. We have the deal with Persephone and Hades. We have uh, their dynamic. Um, what else? So her deal is to bring life to the underworld. And while she's going back and forth, I believe she 
at some point gets kidnapped by this janitor, Perithus, at some mm-hmm. point. That was closer to the end of the book, and I think Haiti saves and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's a traumatic event yeah, that is. um it has a lasting effect on her, and that takes into the second book. And our second book is A Touch of Ruin, and I believe it's from here at some point that she slanders up um, Apollo, the god of light and healing, mm-hmm. and she ends up having to take asylum in the underworld with him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so she has problems, sleeping problems from this traumatic event, and um, I think that's in addition to a couple other things. This book is mainly about a strain on their relationship because, mm-hmm. well, Lexi dies in this book. So yeah, um, that was painful. Everything <laughs> so painful. It was like a whole three sixty is like that plot twist you just weren't expecting, and it just comes out of nowhere. So. Lexi dies in this book and she's mad at Hades because um he didn't save her life. He didn't like bring her back. And I think I had a bit of like character problems with her in this book because it's her lack of understanding that yeah, he's the god of the dead, but the way it works is that he just like he can't bring back whoever he wants, you know? <laughs> and then she tries to bring Lexi back and then something goes wrong with her soul and her soul isn't able to go to Asphodel and is stuck somewhere else. Yeah, so. I believe, so I believe after she slandered Apollo she, and she went to Hades for help because Lexi was in the coma and she wanted to bring her back while her soul was stuck in that in-between place and she ends up making a deal with Apollo. Gods love deals, they love deals and I believe it was and Apollo really, for all he was an asshole, he was really just lonely and in need of some company. He just needed a friend. So that was basically, she'd be, she'd be um, a companion he could call on. And in mm-hmm. return, he would give her one of his arrows, I believe, with the power to heal. And she made the deal, even though Hades warned her not to deal with the gods. And... Mm-hmm. It ends up with Lexi's soul being unable to go to the underworld where it would have retained its memories and she could have still had her best friend. And I yeah. believe because the soul, her soul was in so much pain, she had to drink from, I think it was Leaf, the river Leaf, to cleanse her memories yeah. of her life. So, she had, so Lexi, Lexi doesn't have any memories of mm-hmm. uh, Persephone and they have to basically restart the entire friendship. So that was really, really bittersweet. I felt her pain, but I mean, it, it really showed that actions have consequences and mm-hmm. it really gave a bit of insight into how sheltered um, Matthew was, despite being so strong-willed. And I, it was really good. It was a really good plot, painful, but really good. I think that if she had listened to Hades, then Lexi, she would have been able to see Lexi and Asphodel and her soul wouldn't have been subjected to, I think it's Elysium or wherever the souls go to heal and stuff. So I think she should have just listened to him. So that lack of understanding like between them on this particular subject really like, I was like, just like, just listen to him. Like he knows what he's talking about. 
Oh, oh, let's see. So we have that dynamic there, and I believe is it um at this point that she, as Hades and Persephone's relationship meets some strain, it's at this point Hades' past relationships get um. Exposed. Yeah. So. We see some jealousy going on in this book as well. Um, in addition to everything that's already straining their new public relationship, um, we see past lovers coming up. We see um, the the is it his like assistant Mint, I believe, right? I believe, yeah, his assistant, yes. And then there was also um, uh, a a nymph. Yeah, Ooh, a nymph. Right, and um. I think there's like a point in the book where she has this kind of like vision or like she's like half sleepwalking something and she's, she walks into the forest and she sees like an illusion of them together and she loses her shit and she does like she cracks the earth or something and whatever and then Hades has to come and tell her okay it's just an illusion it's not real like all of that so this book is just completely tension in their relationship and their ability to kind of work through that so and i believe um at the end in a touch of ruin she actually does um succeed in bringing life to the underworld if i'm remembering that i think it was before I think it was at the end of a touch of malice, but I think a touch of ruin is where she's like now learning to actually develop her powers and all of that. So she and and then she realizes after she brings um no she ends up in the forest and um this she ends up cracking the ground and whatnot. But I believe she finds out at some point there about the deal between. Oh, yes, yes. then Aphrodite. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and that kind of tips her that, over the edge. I think so. I definitely think so. Um, I think the deal with, what was the deal with Aphrodite? The deal was that um, Hades couldn't, uh, he couldn't make a deal with her and um, she wouldn't like fall in love with him or something. So something to deal with that extent because he never fell in love for lack of better words. He had like sworn okay. off love because of all his past relationships. Crazy, yeah, okay. So I think we also, we got a good look or a sneak peek of a look into um, Aphrodite and her fastest relationship as well. And I think that how that's going to be an entirely separate series, but it was a good, um. It was a good sneak peek into their relationship. I think the good thing about these books is that you get like a little bit of like the lives of each of the gods. We see a little bit of Apollo's past showing like his loneliness kind of stems from losing his lover. And I think his character development was definitely the best. And to see his evolution of like having a friendship with Persephone, like I, I really like that part. Definitely, definitely. And um, after this deal is out in the open, of course, Persephone is she's she's betrayed, she's heartbroken, and then I believe this is I actually think this happened while Lexi was still alive, my bad. And then Yeah, I think it was earlier on any book. Yeah. 
and yeah. that was just the kind of tipping point for her so now she's trying so and I also believe at that point that's where it was revealed that her mother her mother made her um like hide the fact that she was a goddess because gods and goddesses are born from worship and if nobody mm-hmm. knew of her nobody could worship her or offer things to her Mm-hmm. And her relationship with Hades allowed Hades to worship her. And I thought it was really cute. It was. It was. Listen. <laughs> There's like a point where like he says he like worship her stuff. And it's like those flashes make me like, oh, it's like <laughs> it's the little touches like that in their relationship that really like make it such a good like mm-hmm. It really ties in their relationship. Definitely. And then a touch of malice, I believe, is where we get a um, deeper insight into Aphrodite and her vestiges relationship. But mm-hmm. it was also because one of her people, one of her lovers, I believe, um, got killed. And it, that's where we're introduced to this group of fanatics, mm-hmm. this group of fanatics who found a way to kill the gods. Yeah, I also think that in the third book is where um, we finally get a wedding. They finally <laughs> get married and it's the best thing ever. It's like the point of the book we're all like just waiting for. Um, but we also kind of just get deeper into um, all the gods like Zeus doesn't want Hades and Persephone to mm-hmm. get married. Because there's a prophecy that um, I think the product of their marriage is going to um, produce something that's more powerful than yes, Zeus yes. himself. But Zeus thinks that it's a child. It's a child, um, but it's actually not. It's the fact that their relationship, like Hades, he believes in her so much and he pushes her to be better and that makes her step into her power ultimately making her become more powerful so it's technically her it's not like a child or anything but they don't realize that until after they get married and the gods try to declare war on Hades and Persephone and then we see gods like Apollo, Aphrodite, Hermes, all of the gods choosing sides and then Demeter, well, her daughter just got married to the god of the underworld. So she freezes the place and <laughs> like it's just war all around for them. Like you have a mother on one side, you have Zeus and the other gods on the other side. So it's just like, it's a big thing. It's a big thing in, um, in book three. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe especially that so they have to contend with Demeter having this temper tantrum that's affecting the world mm-hmm. and then trying to um, find this group of fanatics that are killing gods. I believe they're called the Triad. Yeah. And then on top of this, Hades needs Zeus's approval before they could actually get married. But I believe he has said to Persephone that even without his approval, they were getting married. And I was Correct. just like, yes, yes, yes. And another thing with the... um. I believe Zeus was still very wary of the prophecy because he, I don't think he was, I don't know if he was aware that Hades had already um, traded with the fates for his ability to have children. 
Oh, he was aware because um, I think when they revealed the prophecy, Zeus ended up asking Hades, okay, well, you know, if it's true, if you could really have a child or you can't. And I think Hades confirms that he really can't because he traded that in with the fates. And that's why Zeus let them get married. And then it's only after he let them get married and he's like, okay, it's not a child, it's her. Like, it's her, the product of the marriage that would ultimately make them a powerful couple is her. So... I think it, it also um, helps that she was literally the personification of life and death. Yeah, okay, listen to me, listen to me, listen. <laughs> literally, when they get married, Hecate's like speech, it's like, like goddess of life, lord of death, like life of death, <laughs> like basic, <laughs> like, Honestly, I think those I, things I, are just like, <laughs> you know so definitely like to see that and I think that my whole thing is like my favorite part is just like he puts so much faith into her and he pushes mm -hmm. her to be like a better person to the point where she's stepping into her power and she's going to become the most powerful goddess out of all of the Olympians and I think that really shows like that kind of emanates what a relationship is supposed to be a real life relationship like your partner is supposed to do that for you so I was really happy to like see that in the book definitely seconded, seconded. I also think that um I really I believe this book ended with um somewhere with the war and stuff the gods came they were split both of both of them got kidnapped because I think it was we see the triad popping up again and then I believe the leader of the triad was one of Poseidon's sons he was a demigod and um he made a deal with Hades um for something for something and um he ends up kidnapping Persephone and while Hades tries to go and save her he's um he's captured as well and then the book kind of just ends off with um the guy the leader of the triad Poseidon's son asking um, Persephone for her to do something for him and I believe um, correct me if I'm wrong but I think what he's after is there's a oh, helmet oh, yes a helm of invisibility yes yes I believe that is what he's after and he wants Persephone to go and get it for him okay. so then the I... book, it just ends off on that cliffhanger um, where in going to try and save her, he gets captured and now she has to go and do this. And it's, we need to know what happens next. Like cliffhanger, like to the highest level. If that's where that ends, then I've read, a, then I think I've read ahead of that because I, then I'm remembering the fourth book as well. I believe. This <laughs> book came out, excuse? Because I believe I because I've read after there. Yeah. Cause I know up to I know when he gets trapped. Mm -hmm. I know when um Poseidon's demigod son forces um Persephone to, you know, go and get the helm. And mm -hmm. they actually end up, I think it was in a touch of morals as well, because the fourth book didn't come out as it, but they ended up um having to travel by one of the lesser known ways into the underworld. And that way was guided by this big... Oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember, I remember. Yeah, yes, yes, I remember. Um, 
because the because Fesbani is now the goddess of the underworld, she was allowed entry. So he used that, and I believe she she tricked him and was able to um escape into there. But he gets her back, and he when he gets the helm, I think she, I think she beheads him. Somebody beheads him because he dies at some point. Okay. I'll take your word for it because I, <laughs> I feel like the last thing I remember is just Hades being captured. Like that's all I could remember because <laughs> I was like, he needs to be saved. Somebody needs to go and get him. Like what's going on? <laughs> but definitely I highly recommend the series even though that was only like the first three or four books. So we'll see mm-hmm. three and stay safe and when the mm-hmm. other three come out, we'll um, you know clarify that but definitely, definitely I think it's uh one of the best Hades and Persephone retellings I've read just because like it focuses a lot on the plots as well as their relationship itself like I think it's important in fantasy books that the, like the relationship doesn't overpower the plot mm-hmm. um and the world building and everything was amazing also another important part of fantasy books like you need to have a good will building so mm-hmm. that's why I think this book was so good as compared to other retellings and then there's like her own like spins and touches here and there to like make the story kind of stand out so yeah definitely recommend this series like 100 <laughs> percent and we will be back with Celine for the other um, part of this series because she was such a lovely guest reviewer. I mean, what more could we ask for? It, it was entertaining, it was insightful, it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much, Celine, Celine, for being with us here today. It was a lovely, it was lovely to have you. Thank you for having me. I hope to come back and review some other series. You know, certain ones in particular. So, yeah, thank you for having me today. It was really fun. Okay, no problem at all. Um, so, guys, that is the end of today's episode of Tea Talks with Kudo. And obviously, today was Tea Talks with Celine. You can listen to this podcast on the ACAS platform as well as Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, Samsung Podcasts, etc. And if you do have a book you'd like to review, with me or you that you'd like to be reviewed, you can just DM me at Talks at Kudo, email me at the same handle. So uh, thank you very much for staying with us for reviewing these three books. We hope you enjoyed. Um, happy Easter and see you next time.